be done for the year, done for the school year, maybe even for the calendar year. So I'm very reticent to shut down schools for a variety of reasons, not just that that's where a lot of kids get their only good meals, uh, where they get adult supervision, especially teenagers who otherwise would be out on the streets. I'm Ann Cates. This is Chicago's Progressive Talk, 820 AM, WCPT Willow Springs, and online at WCPT820.com, where facts matter. This is John Daniel of the Sheet Metal Workers of Smart Local 265. You may know the Smart Union member as the hero that fixed your AC on the hottest day of the summer, or the professional you trust to heat your home on the coldest of winter days. Of course, Smart Union members install and maintain the equipment that keeps you comfortable. But did you know that Sheet Metal Workers of Smart Local 265 also construct the systems that keep you safe at work and in your communities? We build the clean rooms where pharmaceuticals are developed and manufactured. We certify surgical suites and isolation rooms to maintain the environment in its most critical settings. Smart members install and test smoke and fire management systems in practically every building you or your loved one sets foot in, giving you a path to safety in a situation where every second counts. The next time a sheet metal worker of Smart Local 265 is in your home to keep you comfortable, know they are also the ones that keep you safe, and that's smart. Learn more at smart265.org. At Simple Mobile, you get the no contract advantage. Unlimited talk and text plus 5 gigabytes of high-speed data for $30 a month. Just $30 a month on a 5G-ready network and no contract. That's our best deal ever. Learn more at simplemobile.com. Simple Mobile, out with the old, in with the simple. Limited time offer ends 4-30-20. Standard high-speed data allotment on all redemptions thereafter. 5G-capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. One month equals 30 days. Plus taxes and fees. See terms and conditions at simplemobile.com. I'm Corrine Pirog. I want to make history and become the first Democrat to chair Kane County's board. Leading with an independent voice, I know that Kane County's future can no longer be led through the lens of one-party politics. Kane County can't afford to be stuck in the past nor mired in the present. Let's work together and focus on a future that is not based just on austerity. Vote for me, Corrine Pirog, on March 17th. Paid for by the committee to elect Corrine Pirog. Today on Hey Culligan, smoother skin for the win. We've got Claire in Delaware. Hey Culligan, the water in my shower makes my skin feel like I'm 90. Okay, first off, Claire, are you 90? <laughs> no. Okay, second, how do you feel about high-efficiency water softeners from Culligan? Hmm. Actually, Claire, how do you feel about smoother skin and luxurious hair? Oh, my gosh. Love it, love it, have to have it. OMG indeed, Claire. We're already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test with a local Culligan water expert at heyculligan.com. Hear that sound? It's priceless. Because in every heartbeat, there's information that could change the way we think about heart health. Heartline is an app-based research study from Johnson & Johnson in collaboration with Apple, where you can share your heart information and earn rewards for completing study activities, building knowledge that could advance heart health for everyone, beat by beat by beat. If you're 65 or older and have an iPhone, you could be eligible to take part. Go to heartline.com slash visit to learn more. The Heartline Study. Know your heart. Life, Love, and the Grind is sponsored by Life, Love, and the Grind Limited, and to the extent applicable, their guests. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of News Web Radio Company or its management. Hey, 
Hey guys, another episode of Life, Love, and the Grind. Um, I gotta be honest, Sean, things are getting a little scary out here, changing a little from the last yeah. show we had. And it's not as fun as exciting as we usually have. And we're kind of excited to come and talk with these great guests. We still have great guests. We all obviously we have a little bit always more dangerous have great topic. guests, but I, I think it's more of an informative topic. Yeah. Actually, today I want to tell you about the two guests that um, we're very excited to have. One is a business manager of IBW twelve twenty. Um, and then, secondly, we have Dr. Um, Fakhruddin, who will be Dr. joining Artif, us. Yeah, Dr. Uh, Dr. Dr. Yeah. who's going to be talking to us about um, what's going on with this uh, corona scare, uh, what we have to worry about, what's going on. So, a very, um, what I believe is an important show. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about, um, essentially, is when I call John Rizzo, um, business manager at IBW 1220, there were certain things I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about what's happening with WGN's merger with Nexstar, with, um, gosh, there were so many things with the Marquee Sports Network, and we'll still talk about this, but our world has fundamentally changed, and, and the world of uh, a lot of our members have changed, so we're going to be getting into that. But, Sean, tell me what it's like on the streets and the building trades. I hear... Uh, um, well, so far, everything's still going. I mean, as far as we know, job sites are still up and running. I mean, the one thing about us union members is that we have a a cultural way of working sick and kind of showing up. Because if you don't show up, you don't get paid. You know, so that's, yeah, absolutely it's, it's something important in our to keep industry, safety, too. You know? Yeah, uh, you, you know, same thing with broadcast. A mm -hmm. lot of our freelancers, a lot of our people who are doing sports remotes, if they don't show up, they don't get paid, they can't mm -hmm. feed their families. So that is yeah. fundamentally, like you said, I don't know if it's a culture or mm -hmm. more of a, a just a necessity, but there is a desire to go to work and get mm -hmm. the money that that you are supposed to make but um we got to talk about un unemployment too i mean you've yeah. heard what's happening in the sports yeah, world it's shutting down every i mean everything's shutting down everything's shutting down and the people who are trouble. out there trying to cover sports then have to worry about well how am i going to feed my family what's going to go on it's a very real health crisis but it's um turning into a very real economic crisis as well so yeah. I'm sorry, John, whereas I thought it would be more of a, a broad spectrum of conversation, it's going to be pretty, pretty um, focused on what's going on in our world. John, first of all, tell us a little yeah. about yourself and what IBW 1220 and does. Thanks for joining us. Sure, Absolutely. Taking the risk. To, so what can I tell you about myself? Tune in. Uh, pretty boring. Um, so there's, there's not much to tell. I live in the, live in the burbs. Um, grew up in the uh, uh, television industry. Uh, so since um, about 24, 25 years old, uh, started working independently as a freelancer, uh, working in corporate uh, corporate side entertainment, uh, doing concerts, um, doing a little bit of, of local sports uh, at the Allstate Arena. Back then, it was the Rosemont Horizon. Now that, that doesn't sound boring to me. It sounds like you were kind of in the thick of things. Oh, that's, 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 that's my work band. life. The personal life is is pretty. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not worth the time. But um, as far as you know, I just again I live in the burbs. Uh, have uh, three lovely daughters, uh, wife, uh, just trying to make it through, uh, and have enough toilet paper to survive. You know that kind of stuff. Well, there's you know, none left. There's well, only, yeah, yeah. I'm running out. So I'm willing yeah. to barter. Anyone got Tito's? Because yeah, I got, well, I got the Tito's, but uh, <laughs> the, the toilet paper is completely out everywhere. You've probably been getting a lot of calls too, John, from uh, members. I know on the Nabet side of things, we've been getting a lot of. Um, Gosh, would you call it just anxiety? Just anxiety about it's kind of panic right now, and and I don't know how much of it is from the. I mean, at least the building trade side on my end. I don't know how much there is panic, but I know that just the shutdown with schools and, I mean, it's a really kind of an I, I don't, you know I don't want to say disaster, but it's kind of an economic disaster when things that kind of 
we take for granted shut down and people well, aren't able to make money. Absolutely. Certainly when sporting events are shut down, it's affecting the people yeah. who are covering sporting events, of which multiple of your over 700 membership um, does, right? T tell us right. about the typical work that they do, because I'm sure our listeners and viewers have watched their product, but what is it exactly that your members do, just to give a better context? Well, it's not just it's not just sports, so we do a wide variety of things. So we have we have the brick-and-mortar television stations, which is, you know, you, you report to it and you go do news and whatever local productions. There's very few local productions anymore as far as television shows. It used to be Bozo, right? It used to be Bozo and a, a couple other things in studio. So those um, were IBW guys? That would uh... yep. Those are all IBW guys, twelve twenty guys. Huh. Um, I, I come from a world where we did uh, sports and corporate uh, type of stuff, entertainment. Um, so uh, the stuff at McCormick Place, Navy Pier, uh, and those those types of things. So a corporation would come in. Maybe they'd bring in, say, Journey, and and, and uh, do an opening act uh, for, say, their all their other corporate employees would come in. Uh, stuff for Arthur Anderson, where they would rent out. Um, uh, you know, one of the, one of the stadiums or, or, or things like that. So um, I've I've done a, a lot of those types of things, and those are pure freelancers. Show come in for one day to four days to two weeks, and then disappear. And then it's what what do we do next? Uh, we do some some radio. Um, then we have then we have the sports uh, side of things, and those are usually booked for seasons. So football season, uh, golf, uh, NASCAR those types of things. So you could be on a one-week gig here and then fly across the country and do another week there. So we have people all over the country doing all kinds of sporting events. Um, I've got people as far away as California uh, in, in my local that, that will travel to New York to do a gig, then go to Miami to do another gig, then back to California or Texas or Milwaukee. So um, they do a lot of stuff. Now with this stuff shutting down, it's there's concern. Um, I wouldn't say it's it's outright panic. It's more, how am I getting paid? Or am I going to get paid to sit home? Because if I'm not getting paid to sit home, I want to go to work. Uh, and I'm going to go to work. And, you know, this, uh, you know, there's new names for these types of people. And, you know, they call them super spreaders and that sort of thing. If they get exposed and because they travel, um, you know, they're, they're going to be, if, if they're exposed to the virus and they work alongside these people on any coast, what have you, it's going to be a problem. So asking them to stay home sounds good in theory, but unless there's a paycheck coming in, they're not staying home. Well, and that's the danger yeah. of the gig economy, right? That, that, that you're out there, you have to hustle every day, or as mm -hmm. we like to say on the show, grind every day, because mm -hmm. if you're not out there grinding, you're not out there earning. But again, when you combine this with the super spreaders, mm -hmm. you have a financial woe or you have a health woe. And so w what are we telling our members in terms of what we need to do uh, to, to get past these challenges? Apply at Grubhub. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. much, um, you know, if you're into the, that type of gig economy, um, you're going to have to hunker down. I think that's why we've seen the hoarding of all these, these, these products and stuff. Our, our folks are just willing to fight a little harder to stay active and stay earning. Um, you know, what we tell them is the basics, you know, wash your hands, yada, yada. Everyone's heard it ad nauseum. But, um, you know, you got to take care of yourself. you you got to wipe down, down stuff. Um, you know, our, our folks, when they were going to do sports, we had a whole... Um, laundry list of things while the sports were still happening. So the NCAA tournament, for example, mm -hmm. and how that's changed. They were going to do the events to empty stadiums. And in order for our folks to feel safe, everybody would be issued their own personal headset, their own personal windscreen, 
um, that you, so don't worry about cleaning it. You, you get your own right out of the package, the sponge, everything, um, electrostatic um, uh, sanitizers. We're going to be put in the trucks, and and the sanitizer would stick to uh, you know the consoles and everything else that you touch, so that it would kill any any virus or bacteria. Uh, you know, and and then that eventually evolved um, when uh, two of the guys from I forget the uh, L.A. basketball team. Got infected. Mm, yeah. I, I may be wrong on it. I'm sorry. I'm not a huge sports yeah. guy. Yeah, <laughs> um, neither am I. Just covered for a living. But, yeah. but if you're, you know, if you're on the floor with a camera and you're chasing these guys around and you get some sweat on you or what have you, um, forget it. So, so the stations um, or the uh, the networks did the right thing and said, um, you know, they're canceling. We're pulling the plug. We're not going to try for it. Um, I, I know as a NABIT member, who, uh, NABIT vice president who represents a lot of these members, my phone has been going off the hook regarding what do we do next? Uh, do we file for unemployment? But I think a lot of people are realizing that, hey, listen, this is unprecedented. This is something the companies haven't dealt with, the unions haven't dealt with, and, and, and we haven't. They're just looking for guidance. Our country. Our, our country. Our country hasn't seen anything like this. I, 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 I just got a text that said uh, J.B. Pritzker is ordering all bars and restaurants closed until March 30th. Starting tomorrow, and that was just reported from NBC. They're saying DuPage County, uh, starting tomorrow, is doing a disaster proclamation. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's something... What does that even mean? We haven't seen that in no. our... And my fear is, in a country where 45 to 55% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, I mean, where are we going if people miss two, three, four, five? I mean, where does it end? That's my fear. I mean, the coronavirus and the sickness, which we'll hear from Dr. Atif a little bit later, that's a fear, but... This economy that doesn't keep booming, where do people go when they're not making money? Well, first of all, I'm going to panic because I'm going to starve to death if, if they're closing restaurants. And that's I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to eat. So, in bars. Where so, am I going to go? I, you know, where am I going to get my cheese fries? You know, what? I mean, I got a little reserve to me. I'll probably outlast both of you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, that that's going to be tough because, yeah. you know, quite frankly, in a gig economy, uh, again, super spreaders. You don't think about your waitress or your waiter or the bartender um, where somebody sick goes to them, right, and then you go to them, and, you're and being then somebody served else a little goes yeah. to something them. extra. And now, yeah. now that that super spreader, uh, you know, mentality type of thing that 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 begins to spread out, you know, mushroom out. Yeah. So I get I get what they're doing, but again, you know, we want to we want to all stay safe, but we also want to live. You know, we we don't want to live in fear. Um, so I guess the question is, what do we do? A good model for this is look at what Italy has done. And that's going to be us. You know, there was a, there was a story I was listening to about um, you know the streets are pretty much vacant, and the reporter was giving a stand-up report, and he said, "I'm out here by I believe it's the Spanish Steps, and normally this is visited by tons of tourists, and it's empty." So a, a guy went to his restaurant to save his food with with a couple other employees. They grab the food. He stops. He takes a picture because he's local, and he's like, "I've never seen this so vacant." And the police come and give him a ticket, huh. and say, "Get off the street." Is that going to happen here? Something like that. We're starting to see it. All the restaurants are closed. In Italy, everything is closed except for grocery stores and pharmacies. Is that what we're going to be dealing with next? No. And do you have enough toilet paper? Well, and, and <laughs> like I said, it's all, it's all bought out. Yeah. We can't get, we can't you know, get it anymore. In the broadcast world, too, it's really changing the way we do things. A lot of people will watch the news and not think about the people out there covering the news. I know our members do it, as do yours, and we're hearing about television stations saying, hey, guys, stay at home, cover from home, just because they don't want to take... Um, the steps of having people come in and potentially contaminate or, or infect a lot of people. I, I assume radio stations are doing that as well. You, 
uh, represent televisions and radio stations. What are you hearing on that end? How is this going to change fundamentally how coverage is done in broadcast? Uh, that's a great question. How is that? How is it going to change the way it's done? I, it's hard to say. Um, the stations are are doing right now a great job of protecting the news folks. Um, WGN, we, we we met with them. They were great right out of the gate. Uh, we're trying to develop plans. Those plans change literally daily. Um, the biggest problem I think for them is just having enough uh, sanitizer, wipes, everything else to clean off. Um, they're doing some deep cleaning stuff, you know, not just WGN, but, you know, the other stations as well. Uh, they want to protect their folks, so they're sending them home with the, the uh, photographers. They're sending them home with the trucks so they can get to a news story. Let's just say there's breaking news somewhere. They can drive there. The reporters will take their own vehicle and meet them. So now there's not uh, a double exposure to either or. Um, one person can stand in front of the camera, the other one behind them. They don't have to get too sociable. Uh, in shared spaces and that kind of thing. So that kind of coverage would be great. Um, editors, editors can work from home. Everything is pretty much software driven. So if you have a good computer and a laptop, you can edit from home. All this stuff is file based. So as long as you have an internet connection, that can be done. So all that's good. Um, it may be a little clunky with some of the editing and talking to producers because they're going to be on different sites and you can't just walk up to somebody and say, I want to see this, I want to see that. It's going to be fun. But it's an evolving situation. It's where an evolving situation. We hope they don't get used to that um, because it, it will suffer the longer that we go. But people are starving for news anyways. Sure. They would lose their mind if no one was saying anything at this point. Yeah. Very true. That's we, why we're we're going live from Life, Love, and the Grind. We want to keep the information going well, when people when things are. And we had the discussion. How do we proceed yeah. here? But I got to say, um, you know, WCPT, they're great. They're out yeah. here sanitizing stuff before we go on the air. It's just going that extra step. And um, well, you know, one question. I know a lot of people in Chicago are watching the Marquee Network, which um, is going to have a lot of your members uh, participating, and, and that's fundamentally now probably been put on hold, changed in terms of, what are you hearing about that? I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of excitement around that. Um, <laughs> there excitement, um, that's an interesting word. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of booing, um, you know, when it was announced, just because the rollout was so clunky. Um, and now uh, MLB is delayed opening day. So, I mean, this poor network can't catch a break. You know, that that's that's a problem. Um, our folks are actually going in uh, through one of uh, a labor contractor, so we don't have a, uh, a direct connection with the marquee, but we have the employees that are working there under one of our other contracts. It's kind of a convoluted third-party situation, but uh, they want to work. Um, but everywhere is suspending in-studio productions. We haven't heard anything from them, but um, it's business as usual. They, they haven't launched yet. I would suspect... Um, they will delay the launch and, and probably keep working to perfect uh, perfect their launch now. It gives them an extra two weeks, so some of the pressure's off. Uh, but again, if they can't get people to go in, we have a, a station here in town, WCIU, and they're wonderful, but they've just declared a state of emergency. They have to go on the air, and so they, they, they're willing to pay our people extra money, time and a half and basically double time and a half, just to show up. Uh, and there's some panic. Some members don't want to go in. So it depends on you, your comfort level with your employer, uh, how safe your employer is going to keep you. So, 
you know, everybody has a personal decision. Do I go to the store today or not go to the store today? You know, yeah. do I go to the restaurant? Well, that decision has been taken away from me. So now what do yeah. I do? Well, starting tomorrow after uh, work hours, yeah, we're going to have no restaurants and bars until yeah. March 30th. So I'm going to go crazy just sitting at home. <laughs> well, and all the kids that are sitting at home with mm -hmm. all their, with no schools. I mean, it's it's some serious stuff. People that need to go to work and have their kids watched. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. uh, so it's definitely me, a serious economic You know, it's the first time hearing about the WCIU um, emergency. Uh, what exactly does that mean? Like feeder col um, column for our listeners who don't know, a journalist who chronicles the, the the media industry chronicled another television station where there was a a scare that ended up being unfounded, but got people thinking, hey, uh, you we better have a plan and a protocol. What, what was uh, the issue with uh, CAU? Just because I'm wondering, kind of, if other stations will be following route. Uh, my suspicion. I, I was communicated with this uh, through one of my stewards. Um, he explained. This, the situation as what the protocol is going to be moving forward if they declare a state of emergency. Oh, if okay. Um, they they then they ended up doing that. Oh. Um, so their state of emergency is they're encouraging anyone that can work from home work from home. But as far as our technicians to make sure that the station stays on the air uh, and have to come in during the state of emergency, they really WCIU has really stepped up and um, you know made the sting a little less to come in. Um, although, like I said, some people, uh, we have a member there who's on an indefinite leave of absence because he's a little uh, nervous, obviously, about the coronavirus. So he's sure. made a personal decision, and the company's been great. They, they've, I've communicated directly with HR, and I asked, are you going to fire this person? They said, no, we're going to give this person the time off they need, obviously unpaid, um, till, you know, till he feels comfortable coming back and, and what have you. So the, the, the employers are, are really, they're not taking that hard line. Um, a lot of folks work for employers that they don't trust, um, that don't treat their people well. Uh, the folks that I deal with, um, you know, WBBM, uh, WGN, WCIU, WTTW, um, we've developed great relationships with those with the management there, and they're treating their people very well. So I have no complaints. It's just a matter of what do we do next? And like I said, that evolves hourly, basically. And how much worse is this all going to get? So, well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll, uh, we'll be back with you later on, and we're going to have Dr. Atif uh, Fakhradun to come in and talk about preventions and kind of get deeper into this coronavirus that has everybody in the whole Let's country see. up in arms. Yeah, you know, we got to find out what to do, stay informed of what's yeah. going on, and you can do it at Life, Love, and the Grind. We'll join you in a couple minutes. Yeah, right stay back tuned. Here. Hi, I'm Azam Nizamuddin. I'm a Democrat running for circuit court judge in DuPage County. I've been an attorney for 20 years. I have worked at large law firms, small law firms, and I've had my own practice. I am recognized for building bridges and unity in the DuPage community. I have fought for victims and the accused. I'm dedicated to impartiality, to make sure that everyone has equal access to justice, and to make sure that bias has no place in our legal system. I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. I believe in an America of hope. An America where the content of your character matters more than your last name. With my decades of legal experience and my ongoing work to promote unity between diverse communities, I am ready to serve all the people of DuPage on the circuit court bench. So I'm asking for your vote. Please vote for Azam Nizamuddin for circuit court judge on March 17th. Paid for by friends of Azam Nizamuddin for judge. Life, Love, and the Grind is proudly sponsored by Rich Lewandowski and our friends at Breaker Press. 
Chicagoland's top choice for union printing. We're a third-generation family-owned business that has been helping unions and political campaigns win since 1976. We've been involved in hundreds of winning elections, and we get our printed materials to you on time and on budget every time. Whether you're running for the courthouse or the White House, we will take you from concept to design and from print to mail or your supporters' front yards. Breaker Press can help you reach the voters you need. Call Rich at 773-852-5733 or email rich at breakerpress.com. For all of your political printing needs, visit us at breakerpress.com. All right, if you're just tuning in, you're here with Sean and Raza, Life, Love, and the Grind. We just heard from business manager John Rizzo with 1220. And we're talking about the impact of how workers and the economy is kind of getting kind of getting hurt with everything shut down. I mean, I mean this, this is, is an no economic, joke. it's an economic and a health crisis. Yeah. Fo- we focused a little bit on the economic uh, uh, kind of... Um, repercussions to what's going on but we want to find out and our viewers obviously want to hear as well what's going on in the uh, i mean so tell us dr fucker so tell us dr. what's going T. on fucker then let's uh take it away and inform all these people of what we can uh, do well first of all let me let me start with this in dupage they're saying that dupage county there might be a proclamation tomorrow a disaster proclamation is all this founded? Is, is is any of this an overreach, or is this exactly what should be happening? So, you know, this fear is very real, obviously, because we don't know. This all started in China in December 2019 from one country across the continent, Europe, and here, 145 countries out of today. And, of course, our cases are literally rising on a daily basis almost. So I'll be checking my stats a few hours a day to know what it is. It is a serious condition, but the good thing is, as long as we know how to handle, we just cannot let panic hysteria, you know, just become so destructive that things that we can do, we cannot do. So, you know, you asked me earlier, I'm a nephrologist, kidney specialist. People wonder, why am I doing on corona? We take care of patients who are really sick. They're immunocompromised, and we know that this virus gets to those who are immunocompromised and elderly patients. So I want to just get myself educated and then to take care of my patients and, again, help anyone else who want to learn more about it. They're saying that's mm-hmm. the bigger concern, right? The elderly and those who have mm-hmm. a compromised immune system long, are more long, susceptible. Long issues, right. immune disorders, diabetes, maybe people that are overweight. Is that kind of who it's hitting? or That is correct. So... This, you know, coronavirus is a, is a family virus. Viruses. It has four common types, or three common that we've heard. One, you know, our common cold is from coronavirus. 10% of our common cold comes from coronavirus. Then there's two more you've heard, SARS and MERS. Now this COVID-19, it has a name called SARS-CoV-2, because it resembles more of, you know, more of SARS family than others. So that's why they're calling SARS-CoV-2 virus. So... You know, we know that it starts from bat, there's an intermediate animal, in, and then it comes to humans. The way it spreads in humans, it's through droplet. What that means is this, when we cough or sneeze, our, if you're infected, the virus, it stays in our saliva, body secretion, and it falls on surfaces. Hmm. When we touch, and then with our hands, when we touch a mouth, nose, or eyes, it gets into, our, into, into the human body. So that's, um, that's one mode of trans- transmission. The other mode of transmission is through 
if someone's coughing, sneezing right at you within six feet. So that goes again, you know, the, if it lands and you know them on your mouth, you're going to get it. Airborne, thank God, so far we don't think it's airborne, but it can very well be. With coronavirus, it's changing or the guideline information so rapidly. As of right now, we don't think that's the main, you know, method of spread. It is mainly droplet, but yes, it could be airborne. We're not too sure as of this point. So and you know, yeah. again, you're right. It does affect those with reduced immunity, elderly patients. If you have lung disease, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, it is affecting younger folks as well. But the good thing is, in terms of how severe, how fatal this is, it's only causing death, mainly in if you're 80 plus or older patients. It, we've heard of one child dying from coronavirus, but again, it is mainly hitting the elderly population. Doctor, uh, we have a call coming in, so we're going to take our life into our own hand. And, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, hit that if you would, Sean, real quick. Sure. I'm sure they want to talk to you. Sure. Yeah. We're good. Yes, hello? Yes, uh, you're on the air with uh, Sean, Raza, and Dr. Fakhruddin. So uh, what's your question, caller? Uh, yes, I wanted to make a couple of points with regard to the long-term and short-term impacts of this. I mean, un unfortunately, we risk, you know, this sort of self-fulfilling prophecy in that uh, we, we exaggerate the, the possible impacts uh, that it have on society, and therefore people stop going to work. And I'm not talking about, you know, somebody at a local movie theater. You know, if a farmer stops, uh, you know, producing what we need, um, and the drug, truck drivers stop picking it up, and the food processing plant people don't show up to, to get it packaged and, and get sent out to grocery stores, and the people who work there don't show up to work because they're afraid they're going to get infected. And, you know, again, you know, working in proximity to other people is one of these dangers. So then what happens then when there, there isn't, all, and this is already happening, if you haven't been to a grocery store in the last couple of weeks, you're in for a rude awakening. The, the, the shelves are empty. What happens then when people start to become uh, less than ideally nourished? Um, uh, according to press releases, Governor Pritzker is supposed to close down restaurants tomorrow. Um, so that there, there will be no, no more dining in. And the question then becomes, what happens if, you know, the restaurants aren't going to deliver any longer? Uh, not just be closed down to eating in. I mean, so then again, this creates this self-fulfilling prophecy whereby and the, the results of our behavior in an attempt to avoid getting sick create a greater degree of sickness uh, and, 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 and create more risk because we've been compromised because all of a sudden now, you know, people don't have enough to eat. People don't, can't get their medications. And, and then what happens? Uh, you don't die of COVID-19. Instead, you die because you didn't get your diabetes medication because there was nobody there to deliver it, to produce it, to transport it. And, and that's the problem here is how do, we, uh, how do we keep a nation of 320 million people fed and medicated and taken care of and when we have in no way, shape, or form the capacity uh, to mitigate something on this scale? And it's all a question of, you know, how... How do we do it within the confines of the existing system? And with all due respect, this is not China. Uh, it, in the United States, you cannot simply mandate to people, by the way, this is the new law, and you have to obey it. People still have constitutional protections, and we are limited here in terms of what we can force people to do or not do. So that's another problem. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, we're going to try to answer this. <laughs> this, is, this, is, again, a, this is a lot of... Uh... 
This is, a, this is a long question. Let's try to break this down. So, you know, pretty much just for other listeners, you know, obviously this is a serious issue. We're talking about how do people survive without getting their medication. You know, bars and restaurants starting tomorrow after work are going to be closed till March 30th. Um, I, I re- um, you know, grocery stores, I think the rest of that stuff will be open. But this is a serious issue, doctor. I mean, how do we keep everybody healthy, fed, and... Well supplied and on well supplied medication. with everything they need, like medi- medicine and medication. So you know that's the panic and hysteria, which is to be expected with this uncertain condition. But as of today, you know, if you look at the recommendations, it is self, you know, quarantine isolation. If you are sick, if you find members sick, or you're elderly or immunocompromised, if you're still young and healthy, you can still go and get groceries, go get your medications. So that panic should not hit us. Of course, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in a, in a month or so later on or a few weeks later. But as of right now, as of today, things are, if you're healthy, you're young, you can still go get, you know, go to grocery store, do your groceries. Of course, you shouldn't be there for hours. You know, get the basic needs, pick up your medication. And if you, if you can, you know, get refills for at least 90 days. So you're set there. And I'm not saying we should hoard food and items and stuff, but at least get enough food last you two, three weeks. So that panic can be taken away. So, yes, we are recommending self-quarantine isolation, but that is strictly for those who have the infection or they're exposed to. On the same token, large gatherings are not a good idea, and obviously a restaurant, pubs, other places, which you don't need to go, it's best to avoid those places. But at this point in time, there's no shutting down of grocery stores, no pharmacies, there, everything's open. So, And hopefully with you know Donald Trump declaring national emergency, well, with funds getting released, National Guard's available, if we ever get to that point, let's hope and pray that we get all the help we can. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a serious issue, and obviously we have a lot of calls coming in. We have a lot of people that are watching. It's I think it's so. Where do we go if someone is infected? Someone is sick and they have a high fever and they start showing symptoms of this coronavirus. What is the best way to handle that? So you know, a few things again. The guidelines are changing with this. When you say someone infected, so we need to know what are the symptoms of this condition. So the problem is since the symptoms resemble a common cold as well, like the symptoms that we are common with this is dry cough, low-grade to high-grade fever, and a lot of malaise, body aches, things like that. And some people get nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Again, those symptoms are common with any flu-like illness, so it's very difficult for us to know what it is. So if you have these symptoms, number one, do not panic. Hopefully, and most likely, it is not COVID-19 coronavirus, but even if someone has it, the treatment is self-quarantine. We only are recommending you go seek medical advice if there's a history of travel or high-grade fever for three, four more days or really short of breath. At this point in time, if you have these mild symptoms, it's best to self-quarantine yourself. If symptoms are getting out of control, they're getting worse, then you call your medical doctor, get advice from them. At this point in time, until actually yesterday, you couldn't just go get a check for yourself for coronavirus. We have to involve public health, and tests have been limited. But with hopefully Monday, come Monday, Tuesday, tests will become a lot more easily available. But at this point in time, recommendation is if symptoms are very mild with these, it's best to self-quarantine yourself and no visitors, no handshaking, use sanitizers, wipe down the surfaces, things like that. You know, so more and more companies are, are saying, hey, stay home, but get a doctor's note. Are you saying from a medical standpoint, it's almost better not to go physically to the doctor? 
So I would say if you have these symptoms, you must call your doctor first because if there's high suspicion, if you go to a doctor's office, the chance you'll spread more than you'll, you know, you'll harm more than you do good. So there are recommendations to our patients. If you have to go, you have to mask yourself, and sometimes they might call public health, and they may give you directions further what, to, what needs to be done. Is there ever a concept of um, people get nervous or shame just that they might end up having this, so they, they try to uh, convince themselves or not go to a doctor just not to get a worst-case scenario? Because you see what's happening now. Um, it seems like any time that's out there, there's a stigma. Okay, any person this person has been in contact with. I don't know how this plays with HIPAA laws, but obviously this is a national emergency. Does it ever um, kind of scare there are people out of going and getting or disclosing what they're doing? Or have you guys found that? Or is there a medical phenomenon like you that? You know, I don't think, I think at this point in time, everybody wants to be te gets tested. I don't think there's anybody shine away that we've come across, but I think we are seeing the other end where people just with mild, regular cough, they want to be tested. So I have, I'm not, I don't think that we are there that people are just shying away and not trying to get medical advice. So the, the really the most important thing then, if you are having any symptoms you know stay away from elderly people stay away from people that have maybe immune diseases that's the worst thing you can do to kind of spread it where these the, the most vulnerable people in our society are those that are maybe more obese or diabetes and you know kind of elderly right correct okay yeah so that's i mean because it's hard i mean it's you know like i say they're shutting down a lot but it's hard to stay away from everybody you know some people are what if they're taking care of their elderly parents what if they're taking care of their grandparents you know, I mean, you know, it's that's that's an issue. You know, it is difficult. It's, it's for sure. It's very. It is difficult for everyone. But just so that we understand, even it is eighty percent people will recover from this. That's what we know as of today. So the good thing is the recovery is about eighty percent. Fifteen percent can get serious. Five percent can become critical. So remember, eighty percent will recover from this. Mm -hmm. So that should give us some you know, relief that not everybody's going to end up in the hospital. The concern here is, of course, if we don't, if we cannot contain it, if it becomes widespread, then yes, it can overwhelm the healthcare system, then it can become a big issue. But let's hope and pray that we do our part, we try to contain it, and then hopefully, hopefully it won't be that much of a big issue which it has the potential to become. Sean, it looks like we have a couple yeah, other callers. Yeah, another caller real quick. Yeah. All right. Line two. Line two. All right, we're here with David from yeah. the north side. I need the headphones. Hi, doctor. Uh, good afternoon. Doctor, I, I just want to express something. Um, I would say about two weeks ago, I had a cold. And, you know, I wasn't, I was concerned I had a cold, but, you know, I obviously got over-the-counter medication, and I the cold is gone. I mean, the, the fact is, is that I'm kind of quite concerned that now with people out there, how do you make from a regular cold virus, they're, they're going to probably be thinking, well, oh, my God, I have the coronavirus, and they're going to run into the emergency room. What I'm trying to explain is there's so much fear right now here. How do we try to calm everybody down so not everybody feels that once they have a cold, they have to go to the emergency room? Because if you go to the emergency room and it's overpacked, it's a possibility that they can be transmitted there in their own emergency room to another individual person. And the next thing I want to say, doctor, before I leave you go, and thank you so much for being on this radio station. This radio station's awesome. What I wanted to find out is they said it was transferred from a bat. 
from China, what have you. I don't know if that's true or not. But my greatest concern, if that's the truth, can a human being that has the virus, can it be transferred to their own pet? In other words, can it be transferred to their own dogs? Can it be transferred to their cats if they're carrying the coronavirus? And I do want to emphasize, I'm very happy that this governor is making sure that this city is well protected. <clears throat> Personally, myself, I think come Tuesday, they should delay the election. That's my opinion, because yeah. they'll, they'll be All right, David, well, I hate to cut you off, but we're going to kind of wrap up here. I want to just repeat this question. So how do we deter between the corona, between the regular sickness, just a regular common cold? Um, I want to thank you for your call, David. And also, you know, he, he, he mentioned, and I'd like to mention, our city's in good hands. Our great governor, J.B. Pritzker, is doing great things and showing great leadership. So how do we... How do we determine between a common cold and this corona? You know, symptoms-wise, it will be very difficult, but few things that corona typically cause a dry cough and, you know, fever. Common cold, you have runny nose. Usually your cough is productive. There's some sputum, so that's one. But again, it doesn't mean these symptoms don't mean, you know, that for sure you have common cold versus corona. Few things one can just think of if you've been to a nursing home, a hospital, or a lab, where people they have exposure or you've traveled to those countries where there's high incidence of coronavirus. Of course, if you've had those exposure, you have these symptoms, then yes, you will be tested and you should be concerned and you should notify your, local, your physician and get tested for it. But if you don't have exposure, you don't have, you know, immunocompromised, then it's unlikely there'll be coronavirus. And again, it is just... It's very easy for a physician to say that, but from patient's perspective, it is difficult. It is new. It is widespread. You know, when you go on social media, everything you're watching is coronavirus, so it does put this fear factor. And it's, it's you know, it's human psyche as well. Once we don't have a closure, what is this? Do I have it? When will I get it? Or will I infect someone else? We Once we don't have a closure, because we don't, at even healthcare industry, I can tell you, we're meeting on a daily basis. We still don't know what's the best things to do, but we've been given guidelines. So there are people working behind the scene constantly, almost 24-7. Once we learn something new, of course, it'll be shared with the public and through physicians. But again, at this point in time, to uh, symptoms are hard to say what do you have. But again, exposure is something. If you haven't had it and you're not immunocompromised, it's most likely a common cold. Wow, I bet you must yeah. be the most popular guy on your block now with all sure. these questions sure. coming. Yeah. Uh, while you're trying to uh, yeah. do your own thing, I'm sure they're just hoarding around trying yeah. to uh, get these questions answered. So thank you for coming on and answering the question for a lot yeah. of people who want to know what's going on and what we should be doing. I think this has been very informative. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks for our callers for having questions. And please, on our Facebook Live, uh, keep the questions coming. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but we'll be back with Dr. Atif, and we'll be back with John Rizzo. We're going to we're going to finish out the show with all. Yeah, four talk of us. about how health uh, and also the working conditions meld, and and what we should be doing. Let's try to set up our own protocols yeah. on how this is working because it's an evolving situation. We're all trying to yeah. learn about. So tune in. We'll talk about it uh, when we come back. Yeah, Sean and Rosa, yeah. thanks. This is Lewis Kyer from GWC Injury Lawyers. Now that cannabis is legal in Illinois, an understanding of the law and the risks associated with ingesting cannabis is critically important. Under the Cannabis Act, you can legally ingest marijuana only in a very limited number of places. Not in public, not on government or school premises, and not even in your own condo or apartment if your landlord has a no-smoking policy. 
A positive test is potentially lethal to your rights in three key areas, employment, work injuries, and driving. So if your employer has a zero-tolerance drug and alcohol policy, you can be terminated if you fail a drug test, even though your cannabis consumption was legal. If you're hurt on the job and test positive for cannabis, the legal presumption is that your accident was caused in part because of the cannabis, and your workers' compensation rights can be totally denied. DUI laws have not changed. Impaired means impaired. And a DUI due to cannabis or alcohol can ruin your career. If you want to indulge in legal THC before you ingest, read up on your rights at gwclaw.com. Megan Financial is an independent retirement and financial services firm dedicated to the working men and women of organized labor. Megan provides straightforward, custom-fit financial advice and specializes in defined benefit and defined contribution pension plans, as well as participant and retiree health and welfare benefits. Megan Financial has the knowledge and experience to navigate the union member through all phases of life. Call 708-444-1090. Securities and advisory services offered through Cetera Advisors, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, a broker-dealer, and registered investment advisor. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. Office location at 5321 South 94th Avenue, Orland Park, Illinois, 60462. You're joining us on Life, Love, and the Grind. Raza Siddiqui, Sean Allen. We're joined by John Rizzo and Dr. Fakhreddin, who's basically walking us through and helping us decipher how we're going to get through the next couple of weeks from a working perspective and from a medical perspective. Sean, what questions have come to mind for you as uh, you've heard what's going well, on? I think the biggest thing is just how do we decipher between coronavirus and a cold? I mean, if anyone's sneezing, coughing, or if they maybe they have a fever, I mean, I just don't want people to jump to the conclusion of, oh my God, I have coronavirus and just quarantine everybody. I mean, that's a, that's a real issue. So I think, I think the biggest thing is people need to know the severity of in between the two. And I think that's kind of been the big question coming through, you know? Um, yeah, so uh, if you could weigh in on that. That's, oh, yeah. So, again, I think if we, it is a big fear, big concern for almost everybody that what do I have? If you haven't had exposure to someone with coronavirus, there is no travel history. Or if you haven't traveled, if you haven't been in, in large gatherings or you haven't had someone who's sick, chances of you having corona is less likely. It's pretty common cold. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to downplay here that you couldn't get coronavirus, but again, common cold will still be a lot more frequent than coronavirus. So if you don't have those risk factors, you're not elderly, you're not immune compromised, you haven't been in a large gathering where people are sick, then it's unlikely that you would have coronavirus. But again, if these symptoms persist, they're not going away, they're getting worse, you need to seek medical advice for sure. So a quick question here that just got, I got a text. So is it possible to get a virus through a pool, through a lake, through a hot tub? Is there anything in that nature? I mean, like even with these gyms that are still open, through saunas, is that, I mean, is that a big possibility to get it? So the most common transmission is through droplet. In, through droplet. That means if someone's sneezed or coughed within six, within six feet of you where you are, or... If their body secretions get into your mouth or eyes or nose, you'll get it. So, of course, if someone's sick is going to into a pool, then there's a good chance that if you go swim, there's a very good chance you'll get it. But most common spread is through contact surfaces, people touching that surface, and then your hands get the germs, and you put it in your mouth and 
eyes and nose. Doctor, so I'm going to ask you something. So John and I work with a lot of media professionals who are out there trying to cover the story to inform the public, keep us safe. What can our members do to keep safe? I, I, I mean, with the droplet contact, I mean, microphones that might be in, in their face, can these potentially? So I think number one thing that we must do is wash our hands with soap and water and you know typically when you wash your hands we spend six seven seconds the recommendation is 20 seconds it is a long time try to do it yourself 20 seconds it does feel you know no big deal but it is when you do it do it, it it's so that's a must so that's number one wash your hands frequently multiple times a day again comment you know in your profession i see tabletop and all that it needs to be wiped with alcohol-based sanitizers and if you touch it, try not to touch your face or, you know, nose or eyes so you don't transmit the infection. And if anybody's sick, don't go around them and avoid shaking hands. John, tell us what uh, you guys at IBW are doing to improve the environmental health conditions of your workers. I know you were fighting for and I know you were uh, showing me what you had. Yes. T tell me yes, about yes. some of the yeah, initiatives. Well, um, again, working a lot with management um, you know, the, the, the television stations, the brick-and-mortar places, uh, they have hand sanitizer throughout the buildings. Um, I guess some of them may be finding it hard to get a hold of that. Distributors are out, uh, unless you're willing to spend, you know, a couple hundred bucks uh, here and there on cases of, you know, gallons of, you know, alcohol, make it your own, you know, th that, that type of thing. Um, they're using hand sanitizing gels uh, throughout the building so everyone can come in and, and um, uh, they're, they're, I'm sorry, they're excluding guests from coming in. So limiting the amount of people that are out on the street uh, to come in and possibly spread an infection. Um, so they're going to be Skyping in uh, or, or similar uh, technology uh, to do more remote access. Uh, the union is uh, on board with that and allowing, allowing that so our, our people don't have to be exposed to potential people you know that's one of the protocols i know um I, I push in our union too is uh hey you don't have to go out and interview these people if there is a technology that can kind of separate a physical barrier between you and someone who could potentially be inf infected so i think it, it's good to see where we can work together because these are unprecedented times mm -hmm. that we haven't in any collective bargaining contract really thought about and it's kind of an evolving situation because i'm sure it is in building yeah, trends as well so my my fear and you know this question is for you doctors it do we see this getting worse? I mean, do we, I mean, so starting tomorrow, if people haven't heard, it's, you know, all bars and restaurants will be closed after work hours till March 30th. Um, if you do need food, please go and shop tonight. You know, grocery stores are still open. But where do we go from here? Is it going to be worse? Is it going to be a bigger shutdown in two, three weeks, a month? You know, the real answer is we don't know. So because the way it's spreading, again, from zero to 3,000 in um, almost, you know, six weeks, that's, that's considered very fast and rapid spread. And of course, we weren't testing everybody. So the answer is we don't know. What we know is how to contain this, and that's all we can do. So what will happen in two, three weeks, again, we don't know, but things that we know we should implement to the best we can, and I think it's been done at government level. Hopefully all you know employers are trying to do their best. If you don't have to come to work, you can work remotely. You know, schools who have who can who already have online, they're doing online courses and e-learning and stuff. So, but to answer your question, we don't know. So, I mean, being a building trades guy, I mean, we, there's huge projects. You know, um, high rises in Chicago. Well, the media we have, can't just cover the news. From no, we got three, yeah, we got three, four hundred workers in a building. I mean, how do we tell guys that don't get paid to to not go to work? And and so, what are the best precautions that they can take as they're still going to these job sites? 
I think if if they have to go to job and their employers there's no they don't have any you know option to work from home or things like that then they, if they have to show up again best is try to keep a distance six feet if they can I mean some jobs might not have the option for you but if you have that option keep it keep a distance of six feet at least and if you see someone obviously cough and someone who feels or looks ill just don't go close to them. John, we were talking about in our industry, there's that mentality in broadcast that people want to go out there, take the extra step to tell the story. We were talking about the uh, bridge collapse several years ago where people did what they could to get the best shots to tell the best story they could. How do we get through to this type of mentality that, hey, this is kind of an unprecedented thing? Some of my members asked, I mean, is it okay? You know, I don't have work for a month. uh, With sports canceling, should I be filing for unemployment? There was in our industry a stigma years ago that hey if you if you file you may be blacklisted what are we telling people well there's a couple of things uh, the first thing that you presented are, are uh, the situation with the cowboys the ones that go out and no matter what because we work in a gig economy they try to look the best to the employer as the the daredevil the risk taker and that's going to get people killed with this with this virus if they if they spread it to um, a, lot, a lot of times you don't know it but you know the people that you work with may have elderly parents or grandparents that they're exposed to and if they get it and pass it on you know doc you know back me up here but you you could put their lives at risk and 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 that's something that we have to get through to these people that no matter what i know you need a paycheck we all need a paycheck i get it and, and hopefully there's relief coming but don't put others at risk don't just think of yourself here and your paycheck it's it's other people as well um, I'm sorry, the second the second part of your question. Um, well, in terms of applying for unemployment, uh, and yep. I, I know there was a stigma in our industry yep. before because sometimes the contractors would be hit with the paperwork. That mentality's changed. The I know. People. Yeah, they, they get it. I mean, it, it, look, I know, I know businesses are in trouble, you know, um, especially in the corporate side, the entertainment side that I worked in uh, with McCormick Place basically shutting down, shows canceling up to 60 days out. A person like me that would work freelance no longer has work available. Do I go out and do I look for other work and not tell people that I'm not feeling well or, or what have you? Um, what do we do? So un- your unemployment is a right. So it, it's a different time. The, the contractors are people that get it. They're paying the unemployment insurance. That's what it's there for. I mean, it, it, for emergencies. And if this is an emergency, I don't know what is. So uh, you got to apply for it. And, and again, if... if uh, and we've talked about it. If, if members are, are getting pushed back or blacklisted or what have you, I want to talk to those employers and I want to find out what the issue is because we're all people. Even the employers are people. I have a, have a good suspicion that um, they're good people and, and, and they'll do the right thing. And, uh, and they do. Well, and the one thing we all take pride in is, you know, our, our union membership and our unions. I mean, safety and health is a huge thing. So, I mean, there's no point in being union if we're not sitting here speaking on the on the point of saying, hey, you know what? We take care of our members. Safety comes first. And, and working together. And like working, John yeah, and, and I were talking together. about this. It's been a very long time, 12 years, 10 years, since IBW and ABIT sat down. And members were kind of saying, hey, 
this is probably the time you guys should collaborate. They're also saying, let's educate our members as to what's happening. So this was, I believe, a very good platform. And I'd like to thank absolutely. you again, John. Uh, John mm -hmm. Rizzo, for joining us from IBW. It was yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And again, with uh, building trades, I'm sure you guys are getting together and discussing yeah. in this unprecedented environment. Yeah, it really is unprecedented. And, and I want everyone just to stay calm and just let's see where we go. Like you say, we have no knowing where we're going to be in two, three weeks. So please go shopping. You know, get food. Don't buy 10,000 rolls of toilet paper. I'm sure you'll be okay without it. But you know what? Go shopping and just, you know what? Put other people first and think before you do things. If you're sick, just lay low. It's nothing wrong with just taking a breath, relaxing for a week or two, and, and kind of showing respect to maybe people that are a little bit more vulnerable and um, well, uh, keeping our composure. Absolutely. And I kind of want to highlight some of the good that, that labor has done mm -hmm. in this time. Like my wife, Sarah Sadat, joined uh, CWA mm -hmm. Unified Council yesterday, went to the greater... Uh, Chicago Food Depository and actually handed out food because uh, or, or a box food to be handed out because some children are going to be without school without a place yeah. to actually get these meals that they rely on and it's good to see labor organizations stepping up and taking the initiative to help with their community because at the end of the day we are the community. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are on the front lines of that community more times than not. Bringing you news bringing you the buildings, bringing yeah. you what uh, keeps civilization going. And, bring, and Life, Love, and the Grinds, bringing you the health and the news and the economy and all of it together. So Every I'll, Sunday at 3 o'clock, and we're yeah. glad that you joined us and glad that uh, we were able to inform you and answer some of your questions. Um, just to let some of uh, our members and anyone listening know, we are going to have a podcast, a special podcast, where we bring on uh, Jeff Jacobson, who's going to go over some of the minutiae of if you find yourself having to file for temporary unemployment how that goes about getting done and um kind of walk through some of those steps just again to help our yeah. members understand in this unprecedented time the avenues and uh resources yeah. available and if you and if you miss this episode if you want to find it you can go on facebook at life love and the grind you can go on youtube at life love and grind and hear from dr atif fakradin and uh, john rizzo with ibw business manager 1220 so thanks for everyone for tuning in. You got Sean and Raza, Life, Love, and the Grind. We'll see you uh, next Sunday, 3 o'clock, and tune in in the meantime to our Facebook.